You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the World Cup Minute, presented by Always Cheating. My name's Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Feeling great, Josh. I'm excited for this experiment we're doing for the World Cup. Every day that there are matches or going to be matches, we are going to be here podcasting. The idea, right, Josh, is that this is World Cup news and thoughts in brief that you can uh, take with your your morning coffee or like what do you do yeah. in the evening eat a bowl of ice cream maybe you're eating yeah it's ice what it's an oval it's oval teen in the morning right and then for me it's yeah. more oval teen in the evening i i oval teen all, all day long uh but yeah i know for others it's uh, my, my grandmother god bless her is the kind of person who would i remember she used to have a uh regular a cup of coffee no, just okay. at, at 11 p.m. at night, she would have a regular cup of coffee uh, and a one, a one slice of toast with peanut butter. And that was her evening. And then she'd just drink, go to bed Fantastic. like a half hour later. It was like a full and coffee. Let, let's, and go right to bed. let's treat this World Cup Minute podcast like that uh, piece of toast and coffee. It's a routine. We're going to be with you every day during the World Cup. This is going to be fun. We were recording right after the World Cup has kicked off. We now know the results of the first match. Qatar hosting Ecuador. Uh, we've got like a running order to try and keep this thing tight, right, Josh? So why don't you <laughs> right. kick, kick off the discussion? Yeah, and like you said, the idea here is we want uh, a quick recap of what just happened during the day, uh, look ahead to what happened tomorrow. Ideally, this, these will take about 15 minutes. You and I have never done a 15-minute pod in our lives. For anyone who is <laughs> who is new to this this podcast or this thread, we, we have a, a weekly uh, Premier League podcast that we do. Uh, that podcast is fantasy-focused. This podcast will not be. I think you and I dipped our toe briefly into that world of, of World Cup fantasy, and I it just that dip was enough. I, you know, it's like <laughs> dipping your toe into cold water. I was yeah. like, no, I'm good. I, I think I, I think I'm good. Thank you. Uh, and really, I'm kind of glad. It really is like, like yeah. going to the pool, isn't it? It wasn't. It's not like I don't like getting in the water. It's just sort of like there are days <laughs> right. when you're just not feeling it. You know, I don't want to be yeah. in a swimsuit during the World Cup. Yeah, the fantasy game, the the English Premier League fantasy game, that that's just right for me. You know, that's whatever. What is the right mm. pool temperature? Like 80 degrees, whatever that is. Yeah, uh, warmer right, than so, you think. Yeah. Yeah, warmer than you think. So this is the World Cup Minute. Who played today? Very easy. We only had one match today. Qatar hosted Ecuador, right? I guess we have host. Do we have host countries? I mean, Qatar obviously is the, the host country, but I don't know if there's like a home and away situation. I mean, it's I, like I think it, twice. It, it, it comes into play, I think, during the coin toss or, or what have you, uh, who the home right. team is. Uh, but I, I'm not into coin toss theory. I'm sure a mm-hmm. lot of people have spreadsheets and uh, you know, pivot tables for uh, coin toss right. theory, but not me. But for, for all intents and purposes, this was, you know, the opening ceremonies. Qatar really gets to flex their host muscles, show us <laughs> what they're about. Uh, it yeah. was 
you know, it was interesting to see the the sea of of Qataris and their their white outfits. And then you had the ultras section of Qataris who were in their maroon uh, T-shirts. They looked like they were ready for like a Microsoft Windows product launch. Uh, that was like the the, the range <laughs> like, of like enthusiasm. Steve, Steve, Steve Ballmer was about to show up. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, right, right, exactly. I mean. Yeah, <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot of pomp and circumstance. Wonderful, bi- these big canvas flags. Did you see those? That must have been expensive, Brendan. You and I both uh, know what it's like to purchase uh, materials for for conferences <laughs> and events. Yeah, I saw right, that roll, right. and I was like, oh man, I don't know what the uh, price per foot of that of that cloth was. Um, yeah. So. A lot of pomp, a lot of circumstance, and then uh, Qatar got trucked uh, pretty much from the very the very start. Uh, yeah. One of the okay, it's like I they isolated an angle where that first goal was offside, I guess, and I don't want to. It's like I don't want to come here. I don't want to complain about the referees. I don't want to talk about VAR too much because mm-hmm. it's just like that. That could just be every pod, right? You find one thing that went wrong and talk about it forever, and that Absolutely. that gets very hey, boring, listen. but. There have been bad refereeing <laughs> decisions happening in the World Cup since the dawn of the World Cup. The, sure, the phantom sure. foul on the Michael Bradley goal against Tunisia. Sure. Uh, many the, World the Cups England ago. Germany was the England Germany mm-hmm. goal, right? Where it did, did go across the line. Was that a, that was a Lampard shot? I you believe. know, there is this uh, not often talked about goal that Diego Maradona scored, um, and boy, that really went against England. You know, when you think yeah, about it, when hand, you watch the hand of the devil, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's two nil. Maybe it should have been three nil. Doesn't really matter. I mean, I, I guess it could matter depending on goal difference at the end. But uh, about Enter Valencia, it's kind of interesting. I mean, one thing. If you watch the Premier League closely and then you shift, you know, for us, it's it's almost whiplash-like, right? I mean, you and I just a week ago were, were talking about the Premier League yeah. and now we're shifting to the World Cup. And, you know, Valencia to me is like a second, you know, he was uh, like a second-tier striker, right, who played for West mm-hmm. Ham for a while and he was okay. And then Everton uh, and then for a bit. Uh, Everton yeah, for a little spell. Washed out at both teams, yeah. Yeah, now he's at, at Fenerbahce, which is sort of the the great retirement league for Premier League attackers. I mean, it's sort of uh, which you know, I mean, that's that's fine. I mean, people say the same, same thing about MLS, Brandon. I'm not uh, I'm not I'm not judging here. But mm-hmm. uh, Enter Valencia, I, I thought he was terrific. I thought uh, that that's the header. I mean, I, honestly, both the the disallowed VAR goal and the header goal were both beautiful. I mean, that header was a, a good ten feet away. Yeah. Bullet. It, it felt like a volleyball goal because it was like the first guy goes up. You know, like in volleyball, like they often they kind of fake out the shot. And it was sure. like two people went up for the header there. And yeah. like this, the camera's on the first guy. And then Valencia is like five feet behind him. But he's the one who takes it. You yeah. know, unstoppable bullet header. He comes He comes in from the left of the frame doing his best like Michael Jordan jump man pose. And yeah, <laughs> it is beautiful. And, it, and yeah. to say nothing of is his penalty, which was like so right. cool, coolly in and calmly yeah. taken imagine this feeling if you're valencia and you walk out onto that pitch for the world cup opener and you just kind of know innately i'm the best player on the field right now <laughs> that's yeah. not often yeah. the case for enter valencia so more power to him he sees <laughs> he sees the moment and and it doesn't you, you really matter I, exactly and I, I feel i feel almost bad that i was that was it, it's it's fine because the World Cup is a, is a whole different animal. I mean, Gareth Bale is is not even really a starter level player anymore for uh, for LAFC, right? You know, mm-hmm. but he's still. It doesn't matter because World Cup Bale is a, is a I think going to be a, a completely different animal. I think Class a lot of these players. Josh. Yeah, exactly, and a lot of these players can do it 
in a short spell. Like maybe they can't they can't do it over thirty eight matches, you know, a thirty eight match season any longer. Right. Can they do it for three games? Yes, I think they can. And uh, so I think uh, someone like Valencia, it, it, maybe you just get his best version, right? And these guys are also surging with, with you know, with patriotism. And I, I know how I would feel if I was out there representing my country. But it, sadly, I didn't get called up, Brandon. But maybe, maybe in four years, you know, let's. You were let's on see the bubble. Happens. You were, well, you know, just maybe like uh, two million injuries away. At, it's yeah, like Battlestar Galactica. Like the entire Earth gets exploded by robots, and it is the uh, the series of succession to see who's going to be the president amongst the like 2000 living humans. And it's the secretary of education. That's sort of like how you would get to the U S men's national. Maybe I can crack a, I can crack a gold cup or something one year. So, uh, we had some winners and losers today. I think winners are, uh, overhead kicks. We saw two overhead kicks today. One led to the disallowed goal. One actually didn't really go anywhere. It was like an overhead kick that just like dribbled, uh, 40 feet out of bounds. But I love seeing the overhead kicks, Brennan. That's that's what I'm into. I you know I just uh, I want to see some scorpion kicks this World Cup. Mm-hmm. I think that would be fun. Uh, Why not? I, I like a you know you don't get enough scissor kicks. So the, the scissor kick where the ball goes kind of off the off the pitch into the goal. Those are fun. You don't see those very often. You know? It's a let's, very let's specific goal you want to see. Wow. Yeah. That's a, yeah, it's a, yeah. yeah. Kramer has to ask uh, who Paul O'Neill to catch a fly ball in his hat for a kid with cancer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's basically what you're doing right my, now. If we're in my fantasy land, that, that's what, I, what I'm looking for. I thought, I thought Ecuador... It's it's a weird match because Ecuador, uh, you know, the, the solid goal. I think I think it probably took them seven or eight minutes to shake off. I, I think any of the really shady disallowed goals. I feel like there's always a we, we see this in the Premier League all the time, right? There's a window where you're kind of like the match just gets sluggish because it just feels like uh, it unsettles things a little bit. But uh, I thought once they started clicking again around the tenth minute, they were uh, really in control. Scored obviously there was the pen, a Stonewall pen. Thank goodness. I'm glad that one didn't have to get VAR at all. The keeper literally put an entire hand. Uh, on mm-hmm. uh, on his leg, um, and uh, and then you know obviously after the header, I think that was around the thirtieth minute. The match was effectively over, and I, I think that Ecuador treated it as such. And you know Ecuador, I mean they may not have a bunch of household names in that squad. They got a couple of players to play for Brighton, but um, this is a team that that qualified fairly easily from um, from South America. I mean this is not a team to to take to take lightly. And I think they just kind of um, even if they didn't look great from kind of then on after the second goal, I thought it was. It was like a workmanlike final sixty minutes, right? There was just there was just yeah. no way that Qatar was going to beat them, basically. Qatar didn't have the the athleticism. They allowed so much space. I think a lot of the mistakes I saw Ecuador making were just they weren't used to uh, playing in yeah. such a relaxed, uncompetitive match. There was that moment at the end of the first half where Qatar had a clear head on goal, and if that becomes a goal, suddenly the second half might have been a, a little a little more thrilling, but. I yeah I agree with you. the The winners here are, are definitely Ecuador. They are now written in the history books for a for a strong um, opening win. So there you go. Any losers today? Uh, losers. I thought that uh, VAR just uh, just being involved so early on. I mean, it's just especially for people who don't watch the sport that closely. I mean, the World Cup sort of brings in all types, right? And to have uh, a really brilliant goal. I mean, it would have been one of the best goals of the World Cup, um, scratched off for a, a pretty convoluted offside Do you decision. think it would have been a great... I mean, the, the keeper was completely at sea on that one. It was an odd goal. It, um, you, this well, is, whatever. This is we you, can you, do the, you, you focus on the mistake. <laughs> to me, it was, it was just the, the overhead kick 
you know, to, to uh, was it a headed goal after the overhead kick? I'm trying yes. to like replay it, yes. the goal in my head yes. now. I just, I just the, like the kind of the math of it. I enjoyed, you know, yeah. like watching the the parabola of the ball and the yeah. I, it, well, you know, it was just very aesthetically pleasing. I thought. So you said math, and I think that gets to the heart of the VAR. The VAR discussion is always divisive. It's like, don't blame VAR, blame the rules, blame the enforcement, right. et cetera. But yep. they have gone yep. one step further with this automated offsides goal. And instead of showing us replays of the match, they're showing us computer-generated versions of player. Like, And, and our complaint, <laughs> <laughs> the broader complaint of VAR is it takes you out of the match experience. And now that we're not even looking at the players to make these these uh, sometimes very subjective calls. Uh, we're looking at computer layouts. It, it just, it, yeah. it was very Epcot center to me and, it, and, and gross. <laughs> I didn't like it. Yeah. And I think the other loser was Qatar. Uh, honestly, I, it, it was not a very inspiring match for them. I, I was one of those people who felt like Qatar actually had a chance of maybe getting out of this group. Um, not just because, uh, you know, only, only two teams in the history of the, only two host nations in the history of the world cup have not, come out of qualifying. And even though I don't think talent wise, they're kind of there with the other teams in their group or broadly across all, all 32 clubs, a lot of them play together in the, you know, the same club team. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, there might just be like a little bit of unity there. A lot of these people have gone from, you know, playing with their premier league side or, or whatever side they're in, whatever league they're in um, globally and jumping right into the world cup a week later. And so I was like, well, maybe there's like some continuity and just living in the country, playing together. Uh, but I didn't see that on the pitch. Like that, <laughs> I felt like this team had never played together in their lives. Like it was really yeah. um, not, not super inspiring. And I, it's hard to see them even getting a, a point, honestly, out of their next two matches, uh, it's, it's going to be tricky, I think. Yeah, and it's going to be hard to come back from a match where you weren't competitive at all to try and turn things around. So now now yeah. my favorite part of the discussion, Josh, it's kit talk. <laughs> I think we'll endeavor <laughs> yep. in every World Cup minute to not only say who are the winners and losers in football, but who are the winners and losers in fashion. And sure. I think the kits today sort of uh, spoke kids to today. the... Le- <laughs> kids today. <laughs> the kids in this particular match sort of speak to what we were just talking about in terms of the match. A little bit kind of like, meh. No bad yeah. kits, no, but no great kits. Like Qatar, I think the, the maroon color is very royal and nice, but there's nothing particularly interesting about the kit. And I'm not a fan of the of the crest of the badge appearing in the middle of the jersey. Neither I am will I. Give I don't like that Ecuador, either. Ecuador gets points, Josh, for their crest, which I thought was just beamed off their off their uh, their shirt. I really loved it, and the little detail of their uh, the Ecuadorian flag colors above the badge oh, yeah. too. So Looking that that, that to me now. was the winner yeah. in kits today. Yeah, uh, easy winner, I think. There, I, I don't I, I don't mind the maroon, the Qatar maroon. As I, I don't mind that their flag, by the way, is a really. It is a very simple flag, the guitar flag. I feel like it's one that took about about 10 seconds to put together as far as I can tell. It looks like a, it's just a dotted red line. Or maybe it's a dotted white. It sort of depends. It, it's like one of those yeah. like magic eye like things. A, kind of like a learned it. league flag, perhaps, Josh? Yeah, very exactly. Very yeah, a nice pull there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you and I are both ex learned league, but it's uh, it's I don't know. Yeah, yeah we, we had we had too much of that. Um, all right, so tomorrow's matches. Let's look at those. Uh, who plays? We have three games tomorrow. England host 
I'm going to quick say, you know, it's hard for me not to say this because it's, it's, you have to get used to this kind of new, I want to say host, right? Because whatever country mm-hmm. is listed first, but uh, England, Iran are the, uh, England, Iran are the first game they play. Uh, I'm going to use East Coast uh, times here, Brandon, but yeah, they, yeah, 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 Ayn Rand by herself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's going to do it alone. That's her style, you know? Uh, so uh, England, England, uh, England, Iran play at 8 a.m. I'm from the Midwest, Brandon. I'm, I'm never going to pronounce anything correctly. Uh, they fine. play at 8 a.m. Senegal, Netherlands play at 11 a.m. And then USA, 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 they host. Mm-hmm. Okay, there I am again. Give me give me like three pods before I stop using this weird terminology. <laughs> We've got plenty uh, USA, of time, Josh. Yeah. yeah, plenty of time. US, The U.S. Uh, and Wales play at 2 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow. You and I are both uh, planning to uh, get together and watch that match in Brooklyn. Really yeah. looking forward to that. Uh I, you know, I, I, there's a lot of, I mean, the stakes are, are, are obvious. Obviously, it's the opening game for, for all three of these clubs. I think, um, you know, a couple of things that I'm curious about are, you know, is England a legit World Cup favorite? I mean, to me, um, do you see the news today that Kareem Benzema's out of the World Cup now? I did. I saw that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, now it, the, the world, I think his teammates have to be concerned because anytime Benzema uh, has to find other ways to occupy his time, somebody's going to get sexually blackmailed. So, you know, just a heads <laughs> you know, up. Just heads look up it up. Yeah, exactly. We didn't we didn't bring it up, but just look it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think but with with Benzema out, I mean, I, I think I, from what I had been seeing, it was uh, Brazil, Argentina. France were kind of the top three with England, maybe a spot below. And so it's not that losing Benzema kind of just immediately takes France out of it. France is, is completely loaded. They, They've got a They won the World Cup without Benzema in their squad in 2018. I mean, this, this they, just they means Giroud's going to win the golden boot, Josh. That's true. But I mean, you know, losing the Ballon d'Or winner on the eve of the World Cup, not not ideal. Right. And so I do think that maybe that helps England just just a tiny bit in terms of just weakening one of the one of the top contenders for for first place. And I think England are in a really interesting spot because they to me, I I think they have a legit chance to win the World Cup. I really do. Um, And not only have they sort of gotten very close. Right. They mean, they 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 should have been a World Cup final. Honestly, they were up, you know, one nil on uh, uh, Croatia, Croatia. Uh, yeah, uh, Croatia in the, the, the semifinals in 2018. Uh, they sh- probably should have won that Euro Cup as well. Um, the mm-hmm. Italians may disagree with that, but they were certainly you know, missing three three straight pens at the end. So, you know, you, mentally, it's hard to say, but they've certainly, like, this team has been vetted, and it's a very similar team to the team from the last few years. Uh, I mean, maybe, you know, Jude Bellingham has stepped up. There's a few players. Kieran Trippier is in the form of his life. You know, a few things um, are different right now. But I, up front, I'm a little worried because outside of Harry Kane, who's been terrific to start the year, he's averaging roughly a goal per game in the Premier League. Uh, you've got Raheem Sterling and Mason Mount, who are not not exactly inspiring right now in terms of what they're right. you know delivering for Chelsea. And, uh, I, you know, it's an interesting question. I mean, what do you think about the idea of Given what a tight turnaround this is, do you think that your kind of current Premier League form is at all relevant to the kind of performance that you're going to have, um, you know, for your national team? Or do you think it's kind of like it's like a big reset Mm -hmm. once you're there? I think there's enough of a reset. I mean, form is form. Uh, Harry Maguire is going to be like what you always say. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Harry Maguire is going to be the ultimate litmus test of this theory because his form is has completely vanished off the face of the earth, but he will surely be starting under Southgate. I think that the, a tournament like this offers 
more than enough motivation to take a player who is out of form and put them into a, into a different category. So I believe somebody like Raheem Sterling, he, uh, he might not feel like based on his Chelsea form, he deserves to start. For England, you know, want Phil Foden to be playing up front, uh, Jack Grealish in that position. But I, I just think Sterling should get the get the opportunity because this is what Southgate does. Like he, this is kind of the end of the road for Southgate's version of this England squad. This is their last chance. This is their last job. It's like a heist film, and uh, some of them are going to escape. Some of them are going to jail, and some of them, I don't know what's going to happen to them. <laughs> Our, I, I do not endorse the take that England are World Cup favorites. I. I mean, it's hard to gauge when you talk to England fans, and we talk to a ton of people in the UK during uh, the Premier League season, and it's hard to gauge just how they're being generally cynical and negative as, as, uh, as Brits. But the mm-hmm. yeah, the, yeah, the exactly. Sentiment- this is the, it's, the, it's the default, and we we're not, we say yeah. to someone who's had a lot of experience, yeah, um, yeah talking with these these the, folks. The sentiment seems to be from the general England fan is maybe they were a little bit lucky in those recent tournaments that you mentioned, Josh. And um, does it all come crashing down? But uh, but I mean, Harry Kane is the player to watch. You know, if you're new to this England team, and if Kane decides to put the whole team on his shoulders and uh, score a couple of top bins, then there you go. We've got a different narrative top bins that's where i always score you know just go for those top bins and and, and you're good we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I, I think I think Trippier is a big factor as well. I mean, it seems like such a crazy thing for us to be saying this, but he, I mean, he's like a man possessed right now. He's been so spectacular for uh, for for Newcastle, and I, I, you know, I'm just looking. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just looking at their uh, the kind of predicted eleven right now for for England, and yeah, I mean, I love that Bellingham Rice midfield. I think that's that's terrific. Um, Harry Maguire, oof, you know, we'll, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Maguire and not Shaw, great, that's an interesting, not great, Bob, but let's 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 see, let's see if it all if it all resets. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's so a we'll, good we'll matchup, see. right, for them to get their bearings against Iran. And I don't think we have anything to say about Iran because uh, I don't really know any of their players. But um, Ali J, I, remember him, former Brighton. Uh, I don't even know. I was going to say Brighton player. Let's just say that, Brennan. Mm-hmm. I want, want any any adjectives there. He was a former. I'm going to be Brighton straight up player. with you, Josh. I don't remember him. I don't remember. Okay. Him. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Ellie uh, Jahan Bakash. We we started calling him Ellie J on the pod, Brandon, because it was just Got a little, it. little easier. Oh yeah. yeah, now that you yes, now I remember him. He's the guy who cries every time he scores a goal. Of course. <laughs> so I, I think I I you know feel like this is this this should be the game that England the the next two are going to be much trickier for them. I I. I well, I hope in one case, but um, I, I think this this should be a fairly straightforward England win. And if it's not, then we'll have a real good sense of, uh, well, who, who knows, right? I mean, in 2010, uh, Spain lost their, uh, maybe they drew, actually. I think they drew their opening match uh, with Switzerland and then went on to, to win the whole thing. So let's let's see. Let's see mm-hmm. what happens. Um, and I think we'll just move move in order here. I mean, I think that the, um, you know, the Senegal-Netherlands game at, at 11 is really interesting as well because unfortunately we found out that Sadio Mane is out for the entire World Cup. There was some hope that maybe he would be able to come back for the second or third match, and now that's just you know unfortunately mm-hmm. a terrible timing with him. I mean him and Benzema. This is really you know it, say what you will about Benzema, and you and I love to joke about his uh, his escapades, but you know it's uh, losing two of the, maybe the ten best players in the world uh, on the eve of the World Cup is a is a is a huge bummer, and so but. Senegal is awesome, right? They won the African Cup of Nations. They uh, have a ton of talented players, even even you know outside of outside of Sadio Mane. I I don't know that it has to, will have too much of an impact on them in terms of their you know ability to get out of Group A. But let's see. I mean, I think it's certainly I think them they in Ecuador now are really. Um, you know, it's going to be an interesting race there. And uh, as far as Netherlands goes, I mean, they're they're sort of an interesting team. I mean, they're they're you know Louis Van Hall is is, is you know, the manager of the club. Did you know that he's dying? I did not know yes. that Louis Van Hall. Yeah, that's a really sad story. Go take a look at it if you want. There was a, I think it was The Guardian wrote a really nice piece about him. And, uh, uh, you know, he's you know, he's a, a true character, right? A, a, like, a, obviously a Dutch legend. And uh, and so, you know, took over the took over the squad. It's got a lot of, uh, it's it's kind of an, just an interesting mix of players. When you have someone like Virgil van Dijk, arguably, you know, Certainly was a year or two ago the greatest center back in the world. Still, still world class. Uh, Frankie De Jong is awesome as well. Memphis Depay. I have to like sort of still, even though it's been several years now, take off my like Man United washout glasses when I when I look at him. I mean, obviously he's been he playing for Barcelona. He's he's been awesome for um, for Netherlands as well. And so, yeah. What do you think about this Senegal Netherlands match? Do you have any uh, general thoughts on it? Anything to expect? I'm. I think the excitement is that I don't quite know what to expect. You know, the the Mane yeah. injury you mentioned for Senegal is a bit of a wild card, but they have a young player who plays outright that who we both love, who used to play for Watford in the Premier League, is Lamani Sar, and uh, it could. You know, he he has everything off going for him to to have a breakout performance. I think people yep. would slightly favor the Netherlands um, given the injuries and. Sure. The Netherlands could be bad or they could be great. You look at a player like Steven Bergwijn, who used to play at Spurs and he couldn't quite get it going, but um, he's got talent. And Cody Gakpo, I'll make my second Seinfeld reference in one World Cup minute. You know, I always thought <laughs> Todd Gak was a ridiculous joke in Seinfeld, but here we are, Cody Gakpo. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not actually familiar with him. But with with De Jong <laughs> in that spine and the great defense, I mean Nathan Ake for Manchester City has actually proven me wrong and turned out to be a much better central defender than yeah. I ever gave him. So credit you have, for. you have egg on your face? Is that what you'd say? 
Yeah, well, you, you could say that, uh, yeah, which is horrible because when face. you have a big beard like me, uh, that's uh, cleanup <laughs> is is a mess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I think I think the Netherlands have um, a, a decent spine and a good enough defense. And when you're talking about an international tournament, uh, that's like a huge boost yeah. to you. So let's see if they can score goals. I mean, Dupai's, I think, Barcelona magic has worn off a little bit. So he may just relish uh, having the starting role and, and a bit more of the yeah. spotlight. Yeah. yeah. And and for Senegal, I mean, uh, Ismail Sar is a... Uh, when when playing well, he is a, a, like an unplayable player. He's absolutely terrific, and so he'll, yeah. I I, I would sort of look to him to to sort of maybe step up a little bit in uh, in Mane's absence. Uh, but you know, again, it's, it's you know that that team is just very solid throughout. So yeah, I think to me this match feels like a draw, but maybe I'm just saying that because I could see mm-hmm. either squad winning, right? And so yeah. uh, like if this, I I would expect goals. I. 2-2, something like that in that range, which sounds about right to me. Um, and let's get to the final match, Brandon, which is, uh, and again, we're trying to kind of move through all these things quickly here, right? Ideally, this this pod, this, we're, we've already gone like way over our stated time here, but... This is um, quick for always cheating standards, this so is we quick can be standards, clear about true. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and the uh, final match for tomorrow is, is the U.S.-Wales, 2 p.m. Eastern time, Ah, Brandon, I just don't know what to think. I mean, it's, it's, you look at this Wales team and you're like, well, it's got, you know, it's like, like all these players that were like, they're all, they're basically all Premier League players, right? And you're like, well, I'm not really blown away by some of them when they play for, you know, you've got uh, somebody like Daniel James is, is sort of, you know, mm-hmm. didn't didn't quite work out. At, I mean, he's actually done reasonably well, I think, for for Fulham. And did did he score in the final match? I think he did, right? The yeah, he scored the, against he scored Manchester in that United. United game, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. He, a, re- a revenge goal for them, uh, selling him on to the next club. Yeah, I think they have good young players. Wales does. Nico Williams is a fantastic fullback, wingback. Harry Wilson plays down the right. He's fast and exciting as is Daniel James, who you mentioned. And then you hear about who, you know, the grizzled old veterans of Wales. Joe Allen, who played for Liverpool for quite a long time. Aaron Ramsey, Gareth Bale. Mm -hmm. I actually, Mm -hmm. like, I couldn't couldn't think of how old these guys are. They feel like they're all 40. Um, (laughs) But uh, Joe Allen is 31. Aaron Ramsey is 32 and Gareth Bale is 33. You know, if you're talking to the Tom Brady's and Cristiano Ronaldo's of the world, like why aren't these guys still uh, just elite elite players? They're not as old as they say. Yeah. And like if you took Joe Allen, Aaron Ramsey and Gareth Bale and put them on the U.S. team, are all three of them starters for us? Probably at least two, I would say. Yeah. I mean, Daniel James would be... I think if we had Daniel James, we'd play him as an out of position forward. I think that he would be starting for us uh, up front. I'll take um, it. I will take it. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. need a forward so, of any kind. Yeah. So it's a lot of, but I'd say talent wise, we're fairly evenly matched. Um, I, you know, I think that at Christian Pulisic, I mean, you know, you put Pulisic on a, on a team that's not Chelsea, right? That doesn't have as much squad depth and, and he's starting and, and, and doing, I think, reasonably reasonably well i mean it sort of almost feels like i mean i hate to say this but i i, I kind of want to see him move to like an everton or, or and there's some talk of man united for a while I, that that seems to have cooled no, down don't do it, talk in the summer 
Yeah. Don't do it. But, you know, it's like, I, I, I don't know why I always want to say Everton, maybe just because there's so many American players have gone there. But Sure. I mean, uh, Landon Donovan yeah. is our best soccer player in our history. I mean, he, he's yeah. up, Clint Dempsey is up Dempsey's there. Up but there. Don, yeah. Donovan, I Brad think. Brad Friel will have a word, Brandon. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I look forward to the call from Brad. You know how to reach me, sir. Uh, but, but Donovan had a couple of really great loans at Everton and, uh, I feel That's like, true. yeah, you don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to go play for the champions league winners, Christian Pulisic yeah. to, to prove yourself. You've done that. Yeah. Congratulations on your sub appearance. Yeah. It's time to play some minutes. Okay. So you've got Aaron, you got Aaronson and Adams who've, who've both done, I think, you know, fairly well for, for Leeds United this season. Uh, and then you've, you've got Pulisic who, who is just, I, I think he's, uh, I'm, I'm very glad that he finally gets his, uh, his world cup appearance. I mean, 2018, we just all have to kind of collectively, I think you and I, along with most other U S soccer fans have really struggled to get over that, that, you yes. know, that, that, that it's just, it was I a real was come still, to Jesus moment for, for the entire yeah. federation and the fan base. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't imagine how the Italians are feeling. Imagine like how they're feeling. This now. They, must be, they must be tearing their hair out. And then they won the Euros two years ago. It's insane. Oh, yeah. But anyway. Tearing their beautiful, luxurious Italian hair out. Uh, yeah. Has there ever been a exactly. not good looking guy to play for the Italian national team? I'm not sure. They seem, it's just handsome dudes across, across the board. It really is. So yeah, as, as a U.S. Uh, soccer slash football fan, I am ready to... I'm ready to, I'm ready to be heard again, Brandon. Let's, you know, let's go into it here. And so I, yeah. I think, you know, but talent wise, you've got, you've got Weston McKenna, he plays for U of A, you've got a bunch of, you know, so basically a, this is a very different kind of U.S. team that we've had in the past where you used to be a, lot, a little more MLS heavy um, or just kind of like a little further down in some of the divisions. Even, even the Jurgen Klinsmann teams didn't have this many players who were regularly you know, like getting Champions League minutes, right? That's just a, a big yeah. difference from where we were uh, in previous years. And so, um, Unfortunately, you know, the, the kind of the downside of that is it it's sort of convinced Greg Berhalter, who you and I aren't necessarily massive fans of, that he, they can play in a more kind of progressive way. And sure. it's like we almost might be better off if we were 40 percent as talented you know, yeah, and right. just played in a kind of counterattacking mm-hmm. soak up pressure, get them on the break style. And that's not really the style we play. And so. It's just hard to say. I mean, I think this match is really, uh, it's hard for me to take off my, my U.S. goggles. I actually think that we, I don't know. I don't even know why, why I feel this way, but I, I feel confident about us getting some, some a result out of this match tomorrow. I, I wish I could share your confidence. I guess I'm cautiously optimistic is how I read this game as a U.S. fan. Okay. Because I agree we match up decently talent-wise. I mean, some of the, the biggest talent on Wales uh, probably surpasses us by a good measure. But, yeah, pound for pound, I think we're there. Sure. So the key is basically just how does the game play out, to, to be obvious about yeah. it. Who scores, who scores first? And I don't care yeah. about scoring too early. Um, I really don't. I remember our opening match in the last World Cup U.S. played in 2014, and Dempsey comes out and scores a goal against Ghana in the first 10 minutes, and that set the tone. We ended up winning 2-1. And I think that that tone is going to be really important. So I hope that you know, we will press high, and if, we, if, if Wales can't handle that kind of youthful, high-pressing 
progressive yeah. football, then we'll do well. But if Wales controls the ball mostly, then we could be dead in the water and we'll have trouble scoring yeah. a goal. So I'm just kind of I'm excited to see what the, the energy level is, what the confidence level is of this U.S. squad. Yeah, it, it's true. I mean, it's like you just want to really see enough. I, I mean, I, I guess I... I, I I wish I could say that my, my expectations were a little lower. I, I really do feel like we're going to qualify from this group and and at least make it to the round of 16. I, I don't know that our, our ceiling is, is too much higher than that right now. But at the very least, you want to feel excited going into 2026, right, when we host uh, the World Cup along with Canada and Mexico. And I think I, I, I think we will have – I mean, just looking at this lineup, I feel some cause for excitement. And, um, yeah, and, I, you know, your boy. I mean, I, I don't know. I, 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 your boy Aronson, though, Brandon, I mean, if he has a great World Cup, there's a good chance that – that we, that's, that's really the difference. And, and Pulisic, I mean, mm-hmm. we all know what he is. I think the problem is, and again, this is, this is where us doing this Premier League pod just really, I, I, it's hard for me to see him through the U.S. player lens. And it's hard, much easier for me to see him through the Chelsea lens, right? Where he's sort of this, he's, he's, he's ultimately a squad player for Chelsea, right? He comes off the bench and doesn't, doesn't get a ton of starts, gets 15, 30 minutes and hasn't honestly done too much with them uh, so far this season. And so um, it requires a little bit of a leap of faith. But again, we just saw this with Enter Valencia, right? Like these, mm-hmm. you take a talented player, you put them into kind of a, a, a you know, a, t- a tight window where they, they have to be, kind of be at their best for 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see the, by the way, yeah. I hope Enter Valencia's knee is okay. I don't think I've ever seen anyone go down with a <laughs> knee injury three times and then not get subbed. They were like, ah, you're good. You know, every time it looked like it was a career ending <laughs> knee injury. Uh, yeah. so yeah, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see what everybody is. I mean, it's, you know, it's hard to say. I mean, Gio Reyna, we haven't even talked about him yet. It's, I mean, just a lot of, there's a lot of talent. They have not been able to get it together injury wise so far this season. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like we yeah. honestly so far since this kind of youthful generation is, is you know, has, has come into their own. Reyna with the injuries, Weston McKinney also had a, a brief injury outage, and I think he may actually be our most important player. McKinney is that talismanic. He has sure. the he has that aggro side of him, the deuce face side of Weston McKinney, <laughs> where he's he's yeah. going to not back down to any opposition. <laughs> yeah. um, I remember Kyle Beckerman in twenty fourteen was came out of nowhere to be this yeah. comfort blanket for, for the U S I mean, Kenny's way yeah. better than Beckerman, but um, Gio, Gio Reyna's got some of that too. I think that, yep. you know, Gio's got a little fire. And so I, I think he could, he could have his moment. I mean, the guy can score like he's, you know, he played playing for Borussia Dortmund and he's really, um, he shined at times. He's had a lot yeah. of injury problems, but he's super young still. Well, we promise Josh, even if it's a poor result and a poor performance for the U S men, we are still going to come back with the same oh, level yeah. of of smiling enthusiasm for the World Cup writ large. <laughs> We're keep it together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there will be no crying. I will not Ali J nope. or whoever that guy is. I'm not going to cry yeah. on this podcast. Tears no, of joy or, or sadness. Yeah. I, I'm really excited. Let's 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 hope for the best. Uh, there's a lot. I, I think every match tomorrow is, is good, but especially... Uh, I mean, if I was, if I was a complete neutral, uh, I don't know how many people listen to this match will be a complete neutral, but the, the, the match of the day, honestly, might be that, that Senegal Netherlands match. I think that's going to be a really yeah. great game. So if you can only watch one tomorrow and you're, you really are neutral, that might be the one to, to go for. 
Fantastic. And us here on the uh, East Coast, you know, where you've, you've got work to do on Monday. But Josh, because we're committed to the cause and we're also addicts for sports, we're taking the day off work and we're going to be at our, our favorite Black Horse in Brooklyn watching the matches. If you're local to New York right. City, come on down and cheer on the U.S. with us. All right. That sounds good. All right. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.